Hello, my technology lovers. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another fantastic episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Today, we're talking about intelligent workplace, and I think we have an amazing lineup of Cisco champions and Cisco SMEs to really deep dive on this topic and deliver what you want to know. All right, so we're going to get start off, started off with a round of introductions, and then we'll get into the good stuff. Okay, Richard, we'll start with you. Can you introduce yourself? Yep. Hi, everyone. So my name is Richard Bays. I'm a product manager for WebEx Rooms, focusing on administration in Control Hub. All right. Arno. Arno. Yes. Hello. My name is Arno <laughs> Kenny, and uh, I'm also a product manager for WebEx Rooms, and my role is more focused on uh, what we call the intelligent workplace. Great. Amar, you're up next. Uh, my name is Amr Nasher, and uh, I am working as a business development manager based uh, in a Cisco partner based in Saudi Arabia called Tawassul, uh, which focuses more on collaboration solutions and collaboration technologies from Cisco. My Twitter handle is uh, AMR underscore Nasher, which is spells N-A-S-H-E-R. Amr, good call out. I totally forgot about the Twitter handles. Richard, Arno, do you guys have Twitters? I do. I, uh, so my Twitter handle is CollabRich, uh, so uh, it's really easy, and you can find me there. And, uh, Richard is tweeting enough for two, so I don't need one. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, who are you and what do you do? Uh, name's Paul Campbell. I'm the CEO and founder of Corversal. We're a Cisco partner here in the Southeast USA, and... Um, Cisco WebEx is a huge pillar of ours. We love it, uh, even as a consumer. It's always been phenomenal for me. Um, my Twitter, Twitter handle is at PaulMC3. Great. Sibren, last but not least, tell us about yourself. Well, my name is Sibren Beukenkamp. I'm CTO and the founder of Three Corners. It's a, it's a company with a high expertise on Cisco collaboration. And we do a, a lot of as-a-service offerings uh, for ourselves, but also in advising other companies to build a proposition around it. My Twitter handle is uh, Cibre, at CibreNB. Great. Okay, Arno, set us up here. What are we talking about today? Sure, Emily. So today we're going to talk about Intelligent Workplace. Uh, that's a new solution that Cisco has been uh, launching quite recently. And uh, it is quite an important step forward for, for Cisco because with this uh, new set of solutions, we're also addressing a new, uh, a new kind of problems we didn't really address before. Uh, we're getting closer to the physical uh, space you know, and, and real estate. So uh, we're talking more about uh, uh, solutions that resolve problems for facility managers, for example. And they range from uh, sensors, understanding the environment, to analytics, to uh, represent this data, uh, room booking solution that assists people uh, finding rooms. So, so you can see that uh, this is a little bit different to what WebEx uh, has been uh, doing before. Uh, but that comes from the same WebEx platform. So the interesting thing here is that you now have two sets of solutions that make sense to blend together because when you want to have a meeting and you want to collaborate with your colleagues, it is quite likely if you are in the office that you also need a room. So it would make a lot of sense if the same tool could guide you to this place, reserve the room for you, reserve the meeting so that you, you don't have anything to do at all. You just go there as you're guided there and the meeting just starts for you. It means 
no touching any button and, and fully automated um, experiences. Yeah, sure. Um, my, my yeah, uh, yeah. First question. Um, it sounds very cool that um, we now can uh, monitor environmental health statistics with our room system. How about uh, interworking with uh, building systems like mm. an air conditioning? Yes, absolutely. That's a very good question. So uh, giving access to all these data from uh, different rooms equipped with those uh, WebEx devices is quite practical because you don't need to install any additional device. Uh, and there are probably many reasons why you want to have those sensors. But one of them is what you are talking about is interconnecting it with the BMS, which so, so that, for example, when you get information on the temperature inside the room, you can also try and regulate it. When you feel that the air quality is degraded because there's been too many people for too long in that room, for example, you maybe also want to activate the HVAC in a certain manner. But if you want to do that, you have to connect to the building management system. Uh, we provide APIs for everything we do. So all the information we uh, we uh, collect from all rooms are accessible by our customers. And then it becomes their work or their partner's work to uh, start doing this, uh, this connectivity uh, work. Uh, and it also depends on the, the kind of BMS systems that they have. Uh, but from a web perspective, we're completely open. Cool. Yeah, just just to add on there, I'd say like so with the WebEx platform, we have multiple multiple ways to connect. So you can connect through our, our REST APIs uh, to be able to you know pull information. You can go direct to the device like traditional uh, systems have done before, and you can really you know connect to many different workflows. And I think that's the real power. Like when we start automating uh, certain services based on the information in the room, you know that's going to open up a wider a world of possibilities for for partners and for customers to really bring extra value to those works. Uh, workspaces sounds good cool excellent so you know from my side one of the things that i thought was really great about the cisco intelligent workplace was um i was thinking about the past other organizations i've worked at where you know we were had for example a five-story building we had tons of meeting rooms but the problem was there were never any rooms to have meetings in and it was because we constantly kept having you know, a large executive room taken up by one person because it was the only room available. Um, and then you'd find that in a small room that was only meant to have, you know, four people, you got like eight people crammed in there like sardines. And, you know, to Arno's at, uh, point, the air quality in there was always atrocious, quite humid with all the uh, mouths going, right? So how is the intelligent workplace going to help with overscheduling, no-shows, you know, inadequate rooms and things like that? How's that visibility going to help the organization? And uh, I can take that question. Uh, and, and you're right, pointing at all this misusage of real estate, which if we were optimizing it, if we were removing those uh, uh, ghost meetings and, uh, and also like people booking large meeting rooms, even though they are just alone inside, you would regain a lot of that real estate. Uh, and that means not only saving a lot of money, uh, for, for, for your building. Uh, it also means making the life of your user easier if they can find this, this room fast. And there are different components to that. We're not going to give you absolutely everything here. You're going to have to do some work. Um, you, you, you first start to, you have to start understanding how, uh, or what is the need of your users, right? How frequently is the real need, not the one you observe, which uh, tells you the room is occupied, but you don't really know how many people are inside. Um, 
how often do people really need to attend meetings and how many people inside? And once you have collected this data, you can really start knowing how you need to dimension your physical space. Uh, and after that, uh, you start also, you need to work with your employees to tell them that they need to change some of their practices because it might not be necessary anymore to book rooms very long in advance. Um, you can also uh, tell them to uh, uh, try to book rooms that are the right size for, for the meetings that they have, but they may not know all of that. And, and finding a room, the available one in the building might still be difficult. So technology is the third part. So you have to combine all of that. And, and what we've been doing now with Intelligent, intelligent Workplace is provided you the, both the, the ways to calculate the real needs that you have so you can dimension the space and the tools for then guiding people to the most adequate uh, meeting room. And Paul, I'll, I'll jump in here as well. Like I can re relate to totally to what you're saying there. I was with a customer last year and uh, I, I dropped in for a meeting uh, kind of unannounced and uh, tried to find a room in, in, their, uh, in their building. And we walked around like two loops around the building trying to find a room just because we couldn't find one that was free. And uh, you're right, like all these rooms were like 10, 15 theater rooms and they had one, two, three people in them. Uh, but it was an assumption, right? We didn't know the rooms were actually busy until we actually saw them in person. So this, like, this technology is going to allow us to really, br you know, bring value from a real-time perspective in terms of, like, you know, like a flight board or some kind of, you know, way to see, you know, where the, the nearest rooms available that actually is free at this moment in time. To, you know, looking at historically, looking at, you know, how do we plan the building? I'm really passionate about, you know, how can we optimize space correctly? And using Control Hub and the Workspace Analytics section we can start looking at how can we use this data to plan the footprint. Do we have an average of three, four, five people in these rooms? Should we cut a room in half? That's where I think the real power comes here is when we can actually use this um, uh, data to really look at planning the next step for your organization. And that might be now, you know, with our current situation we're currently in in the world, it might be a year, it could be two years now, but the information is having that data there and actual real usage and not looking at what we have in the calendaring system, which is an intent of usage. One thing I can maybe add as well is that, uh, so now we know that a lot of people are going to start working from home. And it means when you are close to the time of your meeting, it's, it becomes absolutely impossible to know how many people are going to show up in that physical meeting space in the office, uh, which is really pointing a need at um, creating uh, tools that are more dynamic. Like uh, it's, it should be more agile and closer to the time of consumption, you know where people are and you, you know what is really the space that you need to have. So, so that the reservation of the space should happen at the last moment just before people uh, start their meetings, because that's how you can really optimize your real estate. Okay. Um, with this all current um, new intelligent solution for the workplace and with the current uh, competition between a lot of collaboration vendors, how is this intelligent workplace and all these new features is going to help the WebEx platform to be more, um, expand the WebEx platform? I can take this one. So I think, you know, with this room booking or the, the sensor information, the platform has more value in obviously I think when old customers, you know, want to reduce the amount of vendors and complexity in their building, 
you know, so to speak, they want to kind of have one throat to kind of, you know, choke if anything goes wrong in, in, in some ways. And, and we obviously want to offer the max amount of value with our devices in that space. We're trying to reduce the amount of cables required, like with touchless experiences, where so you don't need to have, you know, cables on death as much as possible. Um, so I think, you know, our, our intention here is to, you know, offer as much you know value or at least connection points and integration points uh, so that you don't require uh, to add unnecessary uh, devices into the workplace to to get that uh, to get that experience so so to that point rich um, Richard when we're talking about the devices that people are using to get this data I think it's a good parlay into understanding you know um, you said like one throat to choke, right? Or just one simple complexity of an environment. You know, I can think of an environment that I worked with a customer a couple of years back that they had, you know, they were using iPads or other devices, right? Outside of a room for booking. Um, they were in, depending on the organization, cause they did acquisitions, they had separate room scheduler things that all reach back to like their exchange environment. And then they had separate digital signage that was running on other things as well. And then they had WebEx and they were trying to do one seamless entity and it was honestly painful. So um, piggybacking off of Amr's comment, how is WebEx going to provide that um, sensor data and information to the user? Because right now, right, we're talking about, um, you know, room devices um, and other things. We got the touch tens. Is there something new that's coming as a part of this? Yeah, and uh, I can take uh, I can take this one. Yes, um, part of the announcement that we made, uh, we introduced the new room navigator. So the the room navigator is a new uh, touch panel for controlling the video systems, but we've added a couple of new use cases to it. And you were mentioning sensors, so yeah, um, that's that's how we add new sensors into an ex existing solution. Uh, if you've been using our WebEx Room uh, series devices today, you know that uh, there's already quite some of it uh, in them, uh, like counting people. It's doing it very accurately, um, even if you turn your back to the camera or if you put a mask on. Uh, it also has those noise sensors inside, but it didn't have um, the, the environment sensors that uh, we are not talking about, that the, the air quality, temperature, humidity, uh, for example. And with the addition of the new WebEx Room Navigator, uh, replacing the Touch 10 that you have, you get this upgrade. So, uh, so that's how we get the full range of sensors uh, for the workplace uh, connected to one endpoint, which in turn reports directly into the control hub to provide this data quite seamlessly to, use, to, to users because they really don't have anything to do, right? Just plug this new device and you're done. When you're mentioning the navigator replacing the Touch 10, the, the Touch 10 is a in-room device. Um, is the navigator also an in-room device or can we utilize it other ways? Yeah, you're right. I have to make this precision. The The new navigator is um, two use cases. So there's one version for the table. And this one, you could say, is a just pure replacement of the existing one with more capabilities. But we've also made a version for walls, so you can mount it on any kind of walls, and it can it also uh, can be used as a room booking device. So that's also one of the new use cases we're introducing. Uh, it, it is the the same base kind of panels, it has more or less the same electronics inside. Uh, but if you put it on the wall, you also have this uh, LED 
uh, that indicates whether the room is available or not. So that's uh, really the component that was missing to the table version. So you can put it outside the meeting room? Yeah, you can put it outside of the meeting room okay. and mount it on a, on a glass wall, for example. Because then, then, for example, one of the first questions pop up is um, board meetings or uh, meetings can get confidential. So you would not like to have a, a, a layoff of people uh, in, in front of the meeting room. How, how can, you, can you hide that, for example? Yeah, I can take that one uh, uh, on our own this one. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, yeah, you can one hundred percent, you know, remove certain attributes. So you can, you know, if you want to hide the uh, the meeting name, we're uh, we already support this today on our devices. Uh, you can choose it, you know, because people deploy these systems in public areas, and you maybe you don't want, you know, a public area having meeting names available just in general, exactly. even in the room. Uh, so this is uh, available today. There is a configuration to 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 remove that. Um, but yeah, like 100%, we are thinking, you know, of the sensitivity, um, in, in, in this environment. Uh, and it's not just when it comes to like meeting room names, it's also when it comes to, you know, the solution being used, uh, in personal mode versus shared mode. Um, uh, we are, have consent flows about collecting the data in control hub, which, you know, so we're very compliant when it comes to, to data collection, uh, rules. Uh, we don't want to collect data that is attached to a person. This is intended to be in a shared uh, workspace, a shared location. Uh, so yeah, we 100% are thinking about the privacy and security of, of customers in this, this case. Okay, cool. Okay, so when you're, when you're saying that uh, the new Roam Navigator is going to be replacing the current Touch 10, so is it like um in the future in the near future when we go when when we are ordering the new video conferencing devices like roomkit roomkit plus are we getting the room navigator uh with it yeah yes you will um you will have the table version uh inside those existing bundles so the, the navigator will just replace the touch 10 that's going to start happening at the end of this calendar year excellent uh i have I have a two-part question. One, we've talked a lot about like the room spaces, right? Um, can you guys elaborate on the functionality that we get in intelligent workplace with, say, a desk pro, whether it's in personal mode or you know in a in an open collaboration area? You know, we've talked about the room series and boards having a certain amount of functionality, and then the navigator having the rest. What about like a desk pro? And then uh, the next question is really around how would you recommend on a personal note someone use the best feature that you think is coming out for their environment and organization whether it be the facilities team the it team somebody else just curious your own personal injection on that i can i can take maybe the the first one and uh, i can let rich maybe answer the second one so you're asking about desk pro desk pro is a very recent product so uh we've we had started um adding those new elements to it. Um, and that includes signage. So I didn't mention signage before, but uh, Desk Pro can run signage and the new navigator can run signage mode as well uh, because they have this powerful platform, right? Um, but the Desk Pro also has those new sensors uh, in it. Um, so, so for Desk Pro, you would not have to uh, plug uh, a navigator to it for whenever that's going to be available. Was that the question? Yes. Wanted to call that out for everybody listening. 
Thanks. No, and I also think, Paul, to add on to that with personal for share, because Death Pro is, is valid for different use cases. It can be put into a shared mode, into like a focus room. It can be put onto a desk and be personal mode use case. Um, and uh, with the sensors, Obviously, we don't want to capture data and store it in personal mode, attaching it to a user's name, but we still want to bring the value of those sensors to that personal user. So we are exploring options at this moment of how we can expose the temperature, uh, humidity, uh, noise levels, uh, sensors uh, within the WebEx application, for example. So you can you can bubble up and you can you can see that information. So so uh, keep an eye out. A little sneak peek to later on in the year. I think you'll see some of that uh, come out in in in, in the uh, wider public. Um, and then back to your second question around you know what is a use case like my me personally like you know I've been living breathing intelligent workplace now for for close to eighteen months and. Uh, uh, I, I wake up with numbers in my head and analytics, and it's, uh, it's definitely uh, uh, an area I really love. And, and to me, as I got into this, into more into this area, I realized how much HR is connected to this. And uh, uh, it's probably not going to be talked about a lot. You know, like you talk about facilities and IT. They have a lot of value here from, a, from a, uh, planning your room, uh, planning your floor space, new builds, etc. But from a HR's perspective, it's also about employee comfort, employee productivity, uh, you know, like making sure that your building, you know, is bringing the right value to to want people to be actually be inside the building. I think, you know, this is very interesting. And, and one of the things we probably haven't mentioned about or, uh, or, or talked about is with our touch panel, with the sensors being on the table or the desk pro being on the desk. It is the closest sensor to what the person in the room is actually experiencing. So it's a much more, it, 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 I want you to use the word accurate, but it's a much more, you know, a closer source of information, uh, which can be used to, to really gauge that level. So to me, it's about how can HR plug into this to make sure you know, the rooms are being utilized uh, in, in the right way, whether it because it's you know, too hot at 3 p.m. <laughs> and on one side of the building and it's you know 28 degrees celsius or for people who have fahrenheit that's like in the high 80s right i think um so uh but that's where i think is going to be something new that hasn't really been explored yet that people can get out of this excellent i mean that 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 actually resonates for me that organization i was actually mentioning earlier um it was a known fact there was two conference rooms in particular that no one really booked in the later afternoon because it was scorching hot and the ac by the time the air got there through the duct system um might as well just been someone blowing hot air on you so <laughs> and now you have the proof yeah it is it's quite interesting actually because those things happen and you, and you often don't know why and no one really cares uh, but when you start blending all the information that, that we can get from the environment as well as people count or how you book the room or eventually at some point where it's located as well uh, we we can give you this information and, and facilities can make their own conclusions. But the interesting part is when we start correlating the data and giving you those insights before you actually ask for them. Um, that's the thing that Rich and I talk about a lot and, and that's clearly where it's headed, right? Uh, because if we want to automate things as much as possible to make life of uh, employees easier, we also want to do this for facilities and HR. A good example, I'll just bring one up, is around um, HR. Like, you know, maybe 
we need to find out what day of the week the most amount of people are in a, are in the building. You know, we can use some of this data to maybe help. Okay, we know that Wednesdays. People here are a lot on Wednesdays. Because I think, you know, this new normal we're going into, um, I always, you know, joke with people, are you a Monday, Wednesday, Friday person? Or are you a Tuesday, Thursday person? I think there's going to be a blend of differences as we go back towards the office. Um, and it might be useful to, you know, make sure that social events in the future are planned on days where you have the maximum amount of people in the office so that, you know, so I think there's some definitely some interesting use case of this data, uh, which maybe would be a little bit harder for certain departments to get access to in the old world because just of how complex, uh, those solutions were. And we're trying to, you know, one is to make sure that this data is, is usable by different departments, but also it's very easily readable and understandable and can be consumed uh, by different uh, people in the organization. I, I can add to that. It's, it's quite interesting, the, the example that you give here, because people build habits and, and they end up always having the meeting at the same time, at the same day, and you observe these peaks, which potentially could be avoided. They could be avoided if HR was aware of that and was encouraging people to get their meetings at different times. But also if the tool itself knows about those habits and by itself tries to encourage or incentivize people to book them at other times because you can find out that someone's booked uh, a meeting with other colleagues but you you as like the tool realizes that those colleagues are also available at other times and other days so you can also start making those suggestions uh, to optimize the, the real estate but, but but for that you need to, uh, to access all this data okay um in our part of the world um like where we live there are a lot of concern about the cloud solution and the security um, in collecting all this data. And uh, day by day, we see that Control Hub and the room devices are collecting more and more information Okay, about the shared places that we, we are uh, working in. Uh, how secure or how, um, how is this data is being collected and who exactly can see this data and who doesn't? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So I'll, I'll break this up in, in two aspects. Um, so first of all, I'll, I'll mention that the data that's available today is also available by the API directly. So you can, if you want to connect to the device itself and you can get the exact same data that we get that we bring into Control Hub, uh, but obviously it's scalability, right? To, be, to build a solution to, to do that. Where Control Hub comes in is the ability to automate and scale that process to give you uh, that, that single source information and also bring you some reporting insights around that. In terms of how that data is stored, uh, it is 100% it is stored in a GPDR compliant way with no PI information attached. Um, it, is, it is stored on Cisco servers um, uh, but it is uh, encrypted at rest and is only available to you as an organ as an organization uh, or your partner. So your your partner who is an admin to your organization can also have access to that. You can disable access um, to certain parts of it. So you can say that, for example, some admins don't want to uh, shouldn't be able to see real time. We can un we can uncheck so they can only see historical. Maybe they have no. We, you don't want to give them the real time. We are looking to expand this further with more roles. Uh, so one of the things in the control hub roadmap for the, for the rest of this year is how do we expand more roles and functionality so you can be more granular in this approach. Um, so we are looking to introduce like a facility manager role, uh, which doesn't need to have access to all like kind of like device configurations and all that other aspects, but just needs like the insights from the room and from a read, a read only kind of, kind of ability. So, so that's available uh, as too. 
And also at any time, if you want this data deleted, we can delete this data uh, from, from, from our, our servers. Question, we are we now focusing more or less on the information we get from the WebEx room systems uh, to, to get uh, the, the feeling of the air quality and the number of people and the utilization of a meeting room. Um, how about uh, the entire building, the entire office building? How can we get hold on information on, on, uh, on, on the actual people in the building and, and, and make use of the data and blend those data uh, into the same, uh, same, uh, same, 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 uh, um, same environment. How, 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 do, how can we do that? For example, can we connect DNA spaces, for example, and all the information gathered there in the, into, uh, in, into this? Yeah, I can, I can tell that Arno and you maybe hop on a little bit on this one, but uh, uh, really good question. Uh, so the data we have at the moment, we're releasing uh, uh, at the moment, it's around uh, each workspace, individual workspace. You can dive into, you can see that information. We're uh, at the moment building a organizational dashboard, which will allow you to summarize that data. We do some of that already by comparing different types of meeting rooms with each other, but give you that more information. Uh, we are currently working on exposing a way to let you filter this information so you can look at, for example, like your own tagging solution or a location uh, concept. Uh, you know, I want to see what's happening in London versus New York or, you know, it's like we can definitely, you know, go down uh, deeper on, on that. Uh, and then the ecosystem part. So day one, we have a export available uh, from Control Hub of the data in the summarized view. So you can get the, uh, the summarized aggregated data uh, through a CSV export. But we are planning to bring an API uh, available. Um, that API will be twofold. It'll be available for customers and partners to be able to build value, add on top, or bring into their system. Because we know not every customer is going to want to use our UI or our version, and and you know it's it's very hard to make a solution um, from an analytics standpoint that suits every customer. <laughs> so we're well aware of that. Um, and at the same time, we do want to also leverage this with other uh, partners, including our own Cisco offerings like DNA Spaces, uh, where we would like to, you know, offer this data uh, across or vice versa, right? And so, um, at this moment in time, we, there's definitely explorations about how we can we can bring that data in um, or at, or egress uh, out. Um, and but once the um, once the API is available, which we plan to to bring as the next step of this of this solution. Uh, you'll be able to build that as you wish. Yeah, yeah. See, Brian. So, uh, it, it, WebEx is not going to be in any other space. Uh, you're right, right? We we are focusing on rooms, and we may give you some additional data coming from the desks also. Um, but there's a lot of different kind of spaces that uh, we we can't be there. That's not the, the nature of our devices. Uh, but you may have security cameras from Meraki or third-party sensors that uh, you, you'd like to aggregate with the data coming from WebEx. Uh, so the idea is what uh, Rich was talking about, is, is just to be open and have, a, have partners who know how to consume your data so that uh, you can aggregate all the things that you already have in your building and, and the new ones and, and have a central dashboard. That's also not the role of Control Hub. Uh, but that's that's the role of our partners. I was, I was going to say, so we've hit on a few things. And um, a minute ago, you were talking about kind of some future state things. Um, so obviously, we discussed almost in passing earlier how, you know, the navigator is going to be coming with the devices um, later, right? Not immediately, but in the next couple months uh, to half a year. The expectation there would be, I'm assuming that the Touch 10 is basically being phased out. 
And if that's the case, can we also talk about other future state things that you can talk about, like uh, upcoming experiences that could be had in the room that we haven't even gone over yet, leveraging this technology in intelligent workspace? Yeah, thanks for reminding of that because, uh, yes, we have the current Touch 10 and uh, there's no announcements uh, of, of this going end of sale. The reason for that is we, we have a lot of customers who have been buying um, SX and MX series, the older generation of endpoints, and they still have them. And, and, uh, and sometimes people just need replacement or they need to add additional devices inside the room. So do, we don't want to take that away from them because the, the new navigator is not compatible with the old SX and MX. So we're going to keep the uh, Touch 10 uh, available for those people for as long as they need it. And, and talking about those new experiences, you're right. So uh, we, we're talking about navigator sensors and all these new things, right? But the, the idea really is that um, we know a lot about what's happening inside your meeting room from the, the activity that you have, because we know if you have an, a meeting, if, we know if you're sharing a presentation, doing whiteboarding, we know how many people are there, and now we know the quality of the air and all these things. Uh, so when you blend this into the room booking experience, uh, you can start doing some things really interesting uh, because you can guide people based on um, availability of room or how the room is uh, reaching full capacity, for example. So if someone wants to come to the same meeting, but it's reached full capacity, and especially in those times of COVID, uh, the capacity may be very low. So that happens very frequently. Uh, we'd like to redirect them to other rooms. So so that that's the kind of experience that we're going to build uh, together with this automation. So uh, the camera and uh, the microphones are constantly understanding and detecting presence inside the room. So that uh, if no one is coming to a meeting after some time and we don't see any kind of activity happening there, uh, we can release this room and, uh, and free it for someone else. So yes, that, that's the kind of uh, experiences we're going to bring. Okay, returning back on the security subject. Uh, now we have a lot of these devices in our house. Like in my house, I have the Disk Pro. And I don't really like, want to, to have even the admin to, <laughs> to see what's the environment in my house. Okay. So is there like a way uh, to give control to the like end user or something when it's in personal mode to disable all these uh, sensors or something? So yeah, you don't even need to give control. Uh, it's, not, it's not reporting. So when you have a device in personal mode, we do not collect any data uh, whatsoever. We only report real-time data in the application and that is a direct feed from the application to the device. It is not stored in any server. It is not stored in any way. Uh, so the limitation of that is that we don't, you as a user don't have a way to look at the historical data of your house. Now, you know, in the future, you know, maybe we explore that and change that, that view to say you can opt in that you're okay to have that data. Uh, but our stance right now is a, is a more conservative one um, that, you know, we just want to be safe uh, is that if you have a personal mode device, it does not record uh, this data on our cloud. It's only for shared workspaces. Yeah, and I think it's quite interesting um, to, that you ask also, because I think there's a fundamental difference between what we are building and what, for example, Microsoft is trying to, to do, uh, because they control your laptop. So they collect uh, data on individuals and, and they give you reports of your activity or maybe some other people as well. Uh, that's really not the intention here. What we want to do is understand the building better, understand the rooms better, but we don't necessarily need to know 
who is doing what with those rooms. That's not a problem. Um, collecting this data and giving it back to the users uh, with a transformation, added value, um, that's really what we are after. So um, I, I hope you shouldn't be concerned. I'll extend one more thing up there as well. Like it's kind of like, like a ride sharing service. Like, you know, everyone had the phone. I think everyone here has used a ride sharing service in their life, most likely. Um, and you can send your location information to said service because you receive a value out of that service. So we don't want to be collecting data or, or you know, with no value back to the end, the end user. It should be for a specific use case and for a value use case. Uh, so obviously, we're going to explore ways that we can bring value to the personal, to the user in different ways. But it, it must be in a clear consent and in a way the user knows what they're giving up and what they're receiving in return. So, so to the point of the data that's given up, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't hit on how you access the data in WebEx Control Hub a little bit before we wrap up. And, you know, as an avid user of WebEx Control Hub and going through the historical data and everything like that, how is the administration side going to look and feel compared to the way we've been using WCH so far? And can you elaborate on any of the analytic visibility there? Yeah, so um, in terms of the, the look and feel, there will be a, a slight difference. We've made a, a pretty big visual change in workplaces back in June. Um, anyone who has uh, gone into the workspaces section, they would probably notice it looks a little bit different than the rest of Control Hub today. Um, and we're trying to really update that user experience to be more customizable. Um, so that in the future you can kind of drag and drop cards and, and you can move them around. And if you look at the launch video that we, that we just released, you'll see an example there uh, of two or three minutes of what the UX will look like before it comes, it becomes live. Um, and I think that the biggest kind of like change here is that we are going to be delivering a lot more insights, um, a lot more kind of bubbling up, uh, real time alert data that, that didn't exist before. Um, you know, being very transparent and honest, Control Hub was uh, uh, has been very static uh, for a while when it comes to information. You can go and configure, you can go and see a status, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wasn't living and breathing. There was no heartbeat, no pulse. Uh, this is a big change of of what we're bringing now. Is that Control Hub, you know, is a living, breathing representation of your organization from a collaboration viewpoint. It's going to allow you to really, you know, go deep. Um, for example, look at the last two hours of raw data. Troubleshoot if you have an issue when it comes to like the environmental uh, stats. Like if Bob is in an office and says, you know, like no one can hear me. What's wrong? You can go and see the ambient noise is like at 50 decibels. That is going to allow you to easily, you know, solve problems, which would take days before. Cool. Can you also adjust and, and and actually kick in at right the moment and see, well, I need to update a, mi a microphone, whatever, uh, and, and correct it instantly? So not instantly, but definitely that's where we're going, right? It's trying to like, how can we then start linking in? If we notice there's an issue, can we direct you to the right location to rectify that problem? Because what we're trying to really, you know, uh, give admins is productivity increase. And that's where we're going with Control Hub. And this is just the first step. You're going to see a lot more around devices in the future and how we bring the same uh, mental model functionality uh, to other parts of Control Hub. 
All right, guys, this has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I want to thank all of you for listening in today, and a special thank you to our hosts and guests for being a part of today's episode. Want to learn more about today's topic? Just click on the link provided in the description below. And just a reminder, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure you hit that subscribe button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next Monday.